Mindfulness Mode, Episode 24. It's always these self-limiting beliefs that hold us back. And so think big and big things will happen. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, check out the free Fine-Tune Your Focus 5-Step Challenge right on our Mindfulness Mode website. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com, enter your name and email, and you'll get five videos to get you started with mindfulness. Check it out. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Pat Flynn on the line today. Hey, Pat, are you in mindfulness mode? Mindfulness mode on. Awesome. Pat Flynn is an online entrepreneur, a father, and husband who puts family first and is one of the most personable, friendly business owners I know. Pat was laid off from his day job in 2008 and then started an online business. His blog and podcast called Smart Passive Income is where Pat shares so much content and is completely open and transparent about his online learning experiences. Pat attributes mindfulness and meditation as part of the reason for his success. So, Pat, tell Mindful Tribe what's happening in your life right now. What's the most exciting thing you're working on? Wow. There, I mean, I'm working on a lot of exciting things right now, but the most exciting thing is a book. And so I've, I've published a book before, but this is, this is the big one, the one that I've been uh, leading up to for the past couple of years, actually. And I'm just completing the first draft and sending that off to the content editor, and it should go live in early 2016. And it's a a work of passion for me. And I feel like it's going to help out a lot of people too. So I'm really excited about that. I'm sure it will help a lot of people. That's fantastic. It must be so exciting to be at that final point where you're sending it off. It's it's exciting, but also scary because, you know, I've shared it with a couple of my team members and they enjoy it. But, you know, I'm sure they're kind of biased because they're my team members. (laughs) It's just going to be really interesting to hear how the, uh, the overall audience enjoys it. And over time, see how it works in to my brand. Sure, of course. So, Pat, would you tell Mindful Tribe what inspired you to begin the practice of mindfulness and what does that really mean to you, mindfulness? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's to me, it means just being conscious of what you're doing and how that's affecting yourself and the people around you, just being conscious about those things. And, you know, a lot of times in life, we go through life in just kind of automated mode and we do things without even realizing. The purpose or why we're doing them. And sometimes we catch ourselves in moments where we're like, wow, how did we get here? You might be, for example, watching YouTube videos for something important. And then over time, a couple hours later, you're like, wow, I landed in the dark side of YouTube. I don't even know how I got here. And that's just a small example of something we all kind of do sometimes. And even back when I think about how I was working in my architecture job uh, back in 2008, before I got let go, I remember working some days and just kind of just being almost just kind of a drone doing what I was supposed to do and not really being conscious about really what I was looking forward to in life and all that stuff, kind of just living day day by day instead of, you know, living every day to live. And uh, mindfulness, I've sort of started practicing that a lot more by allowing myself to just be reminded of why I do what I do. But not only that, do things like meditation, 
which help uh, bring calm to my life too. And I've been practicing that for the last year and that's been very helpful. I've been also practicing journaling, which has been helpful for mindfulness too. And uh, that's been able to help really well. Actually, I use a journal called the five minute journal at five minute journal.com. And it's really nice because, you know, sometimes when you hear journal, you think it's more like a diary or you're just staring at a blank page and you have to write like a teenager would write like, oh my gosh, Jimmy looked at me today, like that sort of thing. <laughs> but no, it's more, it's, there's prompts there. There's blanks that you have to fill in. And the first one, every day you wake up and you fill out, well, what are you grateful for today? And you fill in those things and it just starts off the day very well in a very positive mood. And then you say, oh, well, what is it that you want to accomplish today? And then you fill out those things. And by the end of the night, you go in and uh, just a couple minutes, you look at what you've done over the day and you share what are three things that are awesome that happened today and also uh, what's one thing you could have improved on. And just that act alone of being of having a tool to enable me to think about those things every single day and to get into that habit has helped out quite a bit and just in terms of just being mindful of what's happening in my life. Right. Well, journaling is really powerful. I know that. Pat, would you share with us what your meditation time looks like? What's meditation like for you? Yeah, it's interesting because meditation for the longest time, I've heard a lot of people do it. And when I heard that, I just was like, oh, well, you know, they're sitting cross-legged with their fingers on their knees and, you know, that sort of thing and humming the whole time. And I thought it was a very woo-woo kind of thing. I didn't really believe yes. it. Um, but then I kept hearing on other podcasts that I listened to, these very, these very successful entrepreneurs saying how important meditation was to their lives. So I was like, well, I really have to give this a shot. I shouldn't just have this preconceived notion about it until I actually do it and practice it myself. And I picked up an app called Headspace to help me. This is the one that everybody was recommending. And it's guided meditation through this voice. It's helping you think about what to think about and focus on during your sessions. And I did it and it I, I felt great, but I wasn't sure if it was working or not. I, there was, I'm the type of person who loves to know based on feedback and validation and numbers and graphs and, and results, whether or not it's, it's working in a very clear way. And for me that I was, I wasn't sure if it was just like a placebo thing or just because I was doing it, I thought it was going to work better. So I, I thought it did. And I ended up finding this tool or being recommended, uh, this, this device from one of my friends uh, from high school who used it. It's called the Muse, M-U-S-E. And it's, it sells for about 200 bucks on Amazon and it's like the weirdest looking thing. It's literally a headband that you put on your head. It has five brain sensors on it and these sensors can judge how active or calm your brain is. But it works with an app and this app is called Calm and there are other apps that go along with this tool too. But I like the uh, the one that's called Calm, C-A-L-M. And on this app, you open it up when you're going to start a meditation session. You put in on your bands and or your headband uh, with the sensors and you press go and you can set it to... Uh, you know, five minutes, seven minutes, 12 or 20. And then what happens is through the earphones that you put on, you start to hear sounds. And when your brain is active and, and going wild, you hear rushing water, waves and wind. And when your brain is calm and you're focused on just one thing and your brain isn't kind of racing everywhere, there's no traffic in there, uh, you, you hardly hear any noise at all. You might just hear peaceful birds tweeting and it just gives you that immediate validation if it's working or not if, if if your brain is focused and then at the end it kind of spits out this graph it gives you some really interesting insights for instance i realized after doing this for six months that i'm more calm in the morning than i am at night and that's given me some good uh actionable um decisions to make in terms of when i should do my writing and, and all that sort of stuff uh so that's what it looks like now. I do it once a day for seven minutes every morning. It's part of my morning routine, and uh, it's, it's been a life changer for me. Wow. 
that's fantastic. I've heard other people talk about it, and I've never tried it myself. I can't wait to try it sometime because it must be an incredible sensation to put that on and you can actually get that immediate feedback as to how calm you are. So does it usually take just a couple of minutes to kind of get yourself into a calm state? Uh, sometimes it takes more than a, a couple sessions to, to feel like what it's like because you, we don't even realize how much our brain races until we put this thing on and we get that yeah. feedback. It took me about a week actually to get some good long periods of calm. And you know now I'm at a place where I'm getting about uh, you know 75 to 80% calm within a seven-minute section. And when I first started out, it was literally 5 to 10% calm. And um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's fun too. It kind of gamifies it and you should definitely try it out. It's, it's a surreal, uh, kind of experience. Yeah, I will for sure. I will for sure. Uh, Pat, I know you're a family man and I just want to ask you about mindfulness with your children, with your family. What does mindfulness look like there? Well, for me, the, it's really one word. It's listening, you know, because we can be present with our family without being fully present or mentally present. And I've had struggles with that in the past. And especially as somebody who is an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, and, you know, I think most people, we just think about all kinds of things, even though we're not supposed to be thinking about those things at the time. And what I mean is, for example, I'd be having conversations with my wife. This was back in 2009 when I just first started my online business. And there were so many things to do. And I'd be having conversations with her about just random things. But I couldn't help but think about that next email I had to answer or the next product I wanted to sell or what my sales were for the day or any of that stuff. And one time she caught me like she caught me mid conversation because my head was nodding. Right. You know, I was pretending to listen, but I wasn't listening. I wasn't fully there. And she literally said, you're thinking about your online business right now, aren't you? And I was kind of taken aback a little bit. And, then, you know, of course, being a guy, I'm like, no, no, I didn't know. And then she goes, well, tell me what was the last thing I said? And I thought I was trapped. Right. So that I just I, I my smart remark, which wasn't very smart at all, was, well, you're thinking about your online business, aren't you? Uh, and that got me into trouble a little bit. But, you know, those conversations were really important to have and those heated discussions because that taught me that I really wasn't fully present when I was supposed to be. And this was great to have these conversations before we had kids because now we have two kids and I'm uh, very confident that when I'm with them, I'm literally with them and mentally with them too. And um, so, so mindfulness to me when you're with other people is simply being there to listen because listening is actually very hard to do especially in this very noisy world. Yeah, it sure is. Man, she sounds a lot like my wife, Pat. <laughs> she can tell when I'm, I'm thinking about my online business as well. <laughs> Have you ever had a, a time when mindfulness just didn't seem to be working for you or you just didn't seem to be something that was aligning with you at the time? Yeah, I mean, there's there's moments like that throughout the day and there's moments like that different weeks. I mean, it depends on a lot of things. Uh, for me, um, you know, there's these big projects that I like to undergo undertake and, you know, this book, for example, and, you know, a lot of times I just would get distracted. And, you know, a lot of what goes along with this too is, is just the procrastination that comes in that resistance that comes in with, with doing something new and scary. And I feel like whenever we do something new and scary, it's something that will literally make change in our life. Uh, it, it, we always feel that resistance that kind of tries to stop us. And it's kind of a human nature type thing to feel that way. It's kind of a just, we don't want to be harmed. So we go back to our safe place and that's where procrastination is just a hidden form of that. But, you know, you, you get these distractions and, and at that time when you're just, you're just not mindful at that time. And I find that I get in that point where I'm not just, I'm not focused or I'm, I'm not paying attention to the true reasons why behind I should 
why I should be doing what I'm doing. And then I got to catch myself every once in a while. Um, I'm very also lucky to also have a lot of people who are very supportive of what I do, not just my wife, but other people in the same uh, space that I'm in, other online entrepreneurs who check in with me every time, uh, every week, actually. I'm in a couple mastermind groups, which help me stay focused and keep me on point. And, uh, you know, we're just open and honest with each other, brutally honest with each other sometimes to help each other out. Um, and, and that's been vital to, to my success, too. Pat, you've told your whole story of your online journey on your website, and it's really fascinating. And it said back in October 2008, you made your first $199.90 with 10 transactions. I'm, I'm wondering, Pat, if you could share with us a challenge you had with your online business, getting it going, getting it started, and how mindfulness might have played a part. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of moments before I started my business where I wanted to give up that were big time struggles. The yeah. first one was, well, am I even cut out for this? I mean, I didn't go to school for it. And the thing I wanted to create a business about, I wasn't an expert and I didn't feel like, although I was considered an expert because I was talking about it online and giving advice about it, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, it, what I was doing was I was helping people pass an exam that I took in the architecture industry. Yes. And I didn't get a perfect score on the exam and I still had to look up answers, but I became seen as an expert by those people because I was the one talking about it and I was the one offering to help. And I was one of the only people online doing that. And so uh, one struggle was, you know, giving myself permission to create something that I could sell to my audience, uh, for one, to give myself some credit for the amount of information that I learned and how much I could help other people. That was one thing I kept trying to put myself down. I, I didn't give myself enough credit at first. And when I finally sold that book and saw that people enjoyed it, it, it became validation for me that, wow, I actually do have something to offer and, 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 and people are enjoying it. And then beyond that, people would send me these incredible thank you letters, uh, very personal thank you letters of just, hey, thanks for doing this for me. You've helped me get a, a job uh, or you helped me get a raise and all those kinds of things. So that, that definitely gave me validation. But over time, you know, even uh, creating that book uh, was a struggle. Technically, it was a struggle. Um, but, you know, one of the first things I, I struggled with the most was just trying to make things look good because, you know, I, I had a Word document of the, of the book that I published, the study guide that I published for that website or even the website itself. You know, I just I had all that information. But then how do I make it look good? I tried to figure out for days how to make things uh, work as far as how they look and how they looked on the website and stuff. And I would literally watch YouTube videos for hours trying to become a JavaScript, CSS, HTML expert to try and figure it out on my own. And, um, you know, it's, it was once I became mindful to the fact that there are people out there who do this kind of thing for you and who can do it much faster uh, is, is when things really started to change for me. Because I remember one time I was trying to move an image from the left side of the page to the right side of the page, and it, it took me eight hours to figure out how to do that. And then it wasn't until I finally got over myself and over my pride and just said, you know, guys, I need help. And I just asked for help wherever I could get it. And I was actually one of my wife's friends who she went to school with who helped me out at that point in time. And it just took them five minutes to do what I was trying to do before. And um, so th those are some of the struggles I had when I was first starting out. Right. Pat, I know you're a speaker. I was lucky enough to hear you do the keynote at Podcast Movement in Texas in uh, July, the end of July. And I'm just wondering if you have some thoughts on how you can use mindfulness to help you when you get up on that stage in front of hundreds of people. Well, I think it... You know, it, it starts even before you get on stage. It starts with presentation. It starts with mostly the purpose of that presentation. And I love to frame purpose in a different way. I love to, to, to frame my presentations in terms of, well, what is the transformation I want 
my audience to go through after listening. So after they watch, after they listen, this is for anything, my podcast, my blog posts, my videos, my presentations. What's the transformation that I want my audience to go through? Because why would we be doing something if we didn't want our audience to have some sort of transformation? And so that's what I'm most mindful about. And then it is through that transformation that I want them to have that I can then figure out, okay, well, what are the talking points? What are the bullet points? What are the stories, the case studies? What data do I need? And then in doing that and working backwards almost, I'm able to create something that's uh, worthwhile, memorable, and that sort of thing. Beyond that, I also like to be mindful of, well, how can I best uh, share information in a way that's different than how they might have heard it before? And this is where my uh, presentation about um, – you know, getting over your fear, which is actually what my presentation was about, yes. which we discussed earlier. Yes. You know, I, I was trying to figure out, well, how can I share this in a way that I know people will remember it? And so I decided to do this thing where uh, I, I interrupted myself in my presentation with a voiceover that I had pre-recorded as if I was having this conversation with this uh, person who was rudely interrupting my presentation who ended up becoming uh, people learned that it was actually the voice in my head. And we all had that voice in our head. And I thought that was a cool way to get people to remember um, what the purpose and again the transformation I wanted people to go through after watching yeah, that presentation it was really cool and so memorable. I mean, it was an incredibly powerful presentation, but so personal. Thank you. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. You know, I'm mindful of the fact that people connect with other people, and when we are friends with people, we usually open up a little bit, right? And that's how I wanted to be with my audience. You want to open up a little bit. You want them to kind of come into your world and. You have to kind of share uh, yourself a little bit and, and not only the good things but some of the bad things too because, you know, that's what friends are for, for coming a shoulder to, to listen on. And if you can craft your education in, uh, and around those stories, it becomes more powerful and memorable. Well, you really do that well and you make it look easy how you share yourself with, with the audience and with the listener. But it may not be easy or maybe it, it wasn't no, always not easy. Not at all. <laughs> I, I, know, I know for me, I try to do the same thing, but you just seem to be so natural at doing that. So that's, that's really incredible. Well, thank you, Bruce, for that. Uh, that's fantastic feedback. And I will say that it's not natural. It's something I struggle with. I literally want to throw up before I speak every single time. But I also know that if I don't go on stage, if I don't publish that thing that I want to publish that I'm scared of putting out there, um, I think about who I might be letting down or who I might not be helping if I were to do that. So I don't put myself in my own way. Right. It was really memorable how you, you mentioned about Zephan Blacksburg being in the audience and he was somebody that had listened to your podcast a few years before and he had been positively influenced. And, and then I ended up getting Zephan on my show. And so that was really amazing, like the, That's cool. the ripple effect, you know, that this kind of thing could have. And I thought, wow, that was just amazing that you, you made that connection and the whole audience was made aware of Zephan and what he had gone through and some of his challenges and you know it was it was just a really cool experience being there and and seeing how that all worked that's awesome some say mindfulness can help you get in touch with your passions and i know a few of your passions from listening to your smart passive income podcasts like beatboxing and back to the future <laughs> do you have any other passions that mindfulness might have helped bring to the surface you know i think when I think about my past, I think about a lot of things that I have been involved with. And I think, you know, the most recent one is soccer. Um, soccer, uh, you know, being mindful of the fact that it was something big in my past, but also my son, who's five now, he is starting to play soccer. And it's kind of kept me 
it, yeah, thinking about how I enjoyed soccer when I was growing up was very important uh, for our decision, my wife and I's decision to put him into soccer. And we got him excited about it even before then by kicking the soccer ball in the backyard and stuff. Sure. But it also made me focus on, well, you know, I want to be there for him even more and, and help foster this love of the sport if he's interested in it. So I decided to coach his team, cool. actually. And it, that's been that's been a, a, an amazing, amazing experience. And, you know, it's funny at this age, five and six, it's, you know, there's no positions, there's no goalies. It's just, you know, having fun, getting them excited about the game. And that's, you know, I try to take that home too and just try to keep soccer fun we watch it on television we uh you know we watch mls and 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 uh english premier soccer sometimes and i'll often pause the or replay certain goals just to show him what what plays are going on and just to get him excited about it and to eventually over time learn that there's actually strategy involved instead of just kicking the ball as soon as it it gets in front of you but i also have to be mindful that he is five and that he is just a kid and you know he's not even fully developed yet or has the coordination to do some of those things that i remember doing when i was in soccer and so i just have to uh you know be there and listen to him and also um it's i'm also keeping track of how other people teach those um people of, of that age too or kids of that age so i watch a lot of training videos and stuff and that has become a, a new passion of mine and it's not only soccer itself but coaching soccer uh mostly because my son's there to inspire me sure a great way to connect with your son for sure and i kind of connected with my son through a piano because he's very interested in music and so i taught him piano lessons and that can be a challenge you know being the dad and the piano teacher and so at first uh we decided to kind of do a separation and i would knock at the door and pretend i was the piano teacher coming to visit i was no longer the dad and Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of was just a fun way when he was younger he's 14 now but when he was younger it was a fun thing to do and and it really was a good thing where we could connect so i i can identify with that so i've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade pat and i'm just wondering if you have any stories about bullying that you could share with us where mindfulness may or may not have played a role oh interesting question bruce uh you know i was a short kid very short I didn't even pass five feet tall until my junior year of high school. That's how short I was. Oh, yeah. Um, And because of that, you know, just short people in school get picked on and I get picked on. Now, I didn't have any, you know, kind of recurring bullies or anybody who would hurt me terribly. But there were people who would say things and there were people who would, uh, you know, do things, you know, flick my ear every time I'd sit down in band class, you know, or whatever. And, and, And those are annoying and you know just just they make you really upset for and sure. you know for me um i realized that you know because i was like why are they why are they doing this and you know i realized and i don't know what made me realize this or how i learned this but i learned that they just wanted to get a reaction out of me yeah. and it's funny because I, I i talk about this stuff online when haters come into play and you know i teach a lot of people about entrepreneurship and having these hateful comments come your way is just a what's going to happen. It's just people are out there and they're, they're vicious. Um, but they're always just trying to start something for whatever reason. And, and you might not know what that reason is. It's usually some deep, dark thing that's happening in their own lives that they're taking it out on somebody else. But I realized that if I didn't move or react or even say anything after those things happened, they'd eventually stop because it was just boring to them. Uh, so, you know, I have my ear flicked every once in a while and I just sit there and pretend like it never happened. And eventually it just stopped because... I think they knew that it just wasn't fun for them anymore. Right, right, yeah. 
And that's what I teach students when I'm doing presentations and workshops because absolutely it's that reaction. That's what gets gets people going for sure. Pat, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who's influenced your mindfulness practice? Uh, very recently, it's Elon Musk. Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, SpaceX, and SolarCity. And the reason is because his his mind is just so big and it's almost limitless and he he sees these things that are impossible and makes them possible and that's kind of where my brain is at right now with my business and what i try to teach other people too it's it's always these self-limiting beliefs that hold us back and so think big and big things will happen how has mindfulness affected your emotions or those of some of your listeners the people you work with it's just helped me get in tune with really what's happening and also figure out how to get deeper into what those things are. Because sometimes when I have conversations and I ask questions, whether I'm the one who's needing help or somebody else, it's it's often the surface level questions that don't really get into what you're looking to, you know, to the root of the problem. It's almost the Toyota manufacturing strategy of the five whys. I forget the exact name for it, but it's when you get deeper into those conversations that the realness comes out. And so I always uh, am trying to, to, to be mindful of the fact that, you know, people's initial answers aren't necessarily the answer. Sure. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Uh, breathing, interesting, because I'm a trumpet player and wow. I used to uh, be very focused on breathing and now I'm taking singing lessons actually on Skype to help improve my public speaking and breathing has been very important with that. And so breathing is actually, in a lot of things, the foundation for great things. And so I, 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 for those things, specifically the performance stuff, I, I make sure to focus on breathing because it's just a part of the foundation of creating good sound. But in the sense of life in general, it's just nice to breathe in terms of giving yourself spray, space. So I work hard as an entrepreneur, but I also make sure to schedule in time quote, to breathe or to have space in there just to create that foundation because then it gives me, make sure that it, may, it gives me time to recharge. A breath is another um, uh, inhale of oxygen to give you new energy and you need that in your life too. So you need to give yourself uh, room to breathe in your schedule. For sure. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, Pat, what would it be? A book on mindfulness. Wow. I mean, this, this might be a stretch, but this is one of my all-time favorite books and it's just mindfulness in the sense that you know, certain things are, it's called Main to Stick by Chip and uh, Dan Heath, their brothers. And they wrote this book to talk about why certain things are uh, ingrained in our minds and why we remember things and why we don't remember things. Um, and, and a lot of it deals with um, marketing, but I think a lot of it applies to just life in general too. Cool. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? Well, I'm going to have to resurface the Calm app. Sure, of course. Which goes along with that Muse. Uh, that's definitely one. Um, and also the Five Minute Journal. There's there's a hard copy version, which is what I use because I like to write things down. But there's also an app version of that too. Oh, good. What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? If you don't know what it's supposed to be like, it's okay. You're going to figure it out over time, and get connected with other people who do know like yourself Bruce so that you can learn as you go you don't have to get it right the first time you might not even know what you're doing at first but the more you at least are conscious about the fact that you're trying to put this into your life the the, the more likely that it will great Pat how could Mindful Tribe listeners learn more about what you do and connect with you oh thank you for that Bruce well if you go to smartpassiveincome.com you can see everything I do there uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Pat Flynn.
fantastic. Pat, it has been such a pleasure and an honor to spend this time with you today. And I'm certainly inspired by what you've done online, what you've done with your life, what you're like with your family. It's just been fantastic. And I just want to thank you sincerely for sharing your time with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, all the best. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.